praise the Lord for his word. Looking at 1 Samuel 16th chapter, I want to lift up one more time. Verse 7, reading from the New Living Translation. It says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Continue on in this theme, chosen by God. If you need a subtitle, you can put down, not by man's measurements. God does not choose us based on man's measurements, but on his measurements. Looking at this text in 1 Samuel 16, chapter, we see that the Lord has sent Samuel. Y'all see that right there? Has anybody here been clearly given direction by the Lord? When the Lord tells you to do something, you know something good is about to happen. I don't know about you, but if you look over in our lives, God has truly given us instructions on how we ought to love one another. He says, a new commandment I give you that you ought to love one another. And if we obey his commandments, how we love one another, it's amazing how we start seeing love come back our way. Let me help somebody else out. God also tells us this, that if we trust him, if we trust him, if we do his works, he says great signs will follow after us. The song was saying earlier, I'm grateful for all that he has done for us. Just think about it. By us just trusting in him, God gives us gifts and blessings that are innumerable. He says, I'll open up the windows of heaven. I'll pour you out a blessing you won't have room for. And this is all, tell your neighbor, this is all from obedience. And so Samuel is getting up out of obedience, trusting in something good to come from God. But one aspect in this process of being measured by man, Samuel was involved in choosing the first king. If you go back earlier, you see that Saul was head and shoulders above all the rest. He was handsome to look at. And and surely, surely they they, they looked at him and said, he must be king because he looks better than all the rest. But if you look closely here, Saul has now been rejected. He has been rejected by a king, by God. He was chosen by God to serve, but out of obedience, he missed out the blessings that God had for him. I'll tell you never again, it's about obedience. We need to trust the Lord better than we trust ourselves. Saul's disobedience, leaning on man and what man had him to, to do, had led him to be rejected by God as king. God said it this way, that you could have reigned forever. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss out what God has in store for me. And if it, if it, if it all it relies for me just to obey him, then I think I might just do that. I, 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 y'all looking at me kind of like y'all, y'all not catching on, Rook, but I hope you catch on in the end because I want you to clear, clearly find out here that obedience obedience to take you a long way. Samuel gets up, obeys the Lord, and realizing that Lord Saul is mad at me, so Saul sees me mowing around, and he might kill me. God tells him, well, you just go in peace. You go and make a sacrifice unto the Lord. Graduate a heifer and come and prepare your flask, your oil, to anoint the next king. And, and he's on his way. Now the people are scared of Samuel. If you don't know who Samuel is, Samuel was, before he was just a prophet, just a prophet, he was ruler of all. 
He was the judge. He is the last judge in the biblical times and anoints the king. But Samuel was a judge and a prophet and the high priest. He was over everything in the kingdom. And so when he was in control, they knew how he came. He came speaking the power and the authority of the Lord. I I want you to help somebody out and tell them there's power in his word. Because when you speak on the authority of God, things start changing. Things start moving around because it's hard to negate the truth of God. If you go to somebody, you simply tell them why they might curse you out, might call you out your name. But if you look at them and smile on your face and tell them this, that Jesus loves you, it's amazing how they change. Some of y'all haven't been in a situation like that, but I have been. Somebody was cursing at me, cursing at me, and I looked at them and said, Jesus loves you. They stopped. And, and, and now it became a joke that someone will come by and just flick me off and curse at me and say something. Now I look at them with a smile and say, Jesus still loves you. And they kept on trying me to see, could I still say that even when they said obscenities to me? But when I started doing that, they started coming to my Bible study classes at campus. They started asking me about the word of God because I had to show them in the face that it's better to trust him than to trust on my flesh. Because the Sam in the flesh would have cursed back or would have made a fault with him. But when I was submitting to his spirit, it made me remind me that he says that you ought to pray for those who persecute you. Bless and curse not. So they cursed me, but I blessed them. And my soul was the better for it. I didn't feel ashamed. I didn't feel guilty because I was trusting in the Lord. When we use his word, there's power in his word. And so we need to see that in our situations, that when we may be feeling deep down, distraught and let glow and thinking that we have no authority, we have no power, just remind yourself that you have power from God. Because great is he that's in us and he that is in the world. We need to realize this, that there's power in his word. So God has given Samuel the power in his word to go make a sacrifice. The people were scared, but he told him, I come in peace. And look what he did. He then prepared the children. Y'all see that in the text? That Jesse and his sons were prepared to come for the sacrifice, to be holy, to be, consen- to be consecrated, to be set apart, to be sanctified. In other words, that they had to prepare themselves to be in the presence of God. You know, there's a ritual in part. They had to wash their clothes. They had to anoint themselves with oil. They had to do all these things to be ready. So look at this process of, of being measured by God's standards. That God says that not anybody can just come before him, but you got to be holy. You got to be right. And so for them to come before Saul, I mean, before they come Samuel and become, and he's looking for the next king, everybody had to be prepared. How many of us prepare to come home to Sunday this morning? We, we can prepare for the weekend. You can prepare for your job, but you don't prepare for Sunday morning. You don't study. We don't read. We just show up. But if you got an assignment due at your job, you'll, you'll skip everything. You'll go in extra hours. you do all that. But just one day to give time to the Lord, you'll stay out late and get up late and say they'll be happy when I get there. But yet we need to realize that if God is so good to us and we are so grateful, how dare I not prepare myself to come to see him? 
We freshen up everybody else. We get our new cologne, new perfume, get our hair done, get a haircut, new outfit, just to show up and see somebody else. But when it comes time for God, we cannot make time for him. But you see that God has already set the standard that salmon, you can't just show up with any way but come with a horn, a horn anointed with oil, prepared to anoint the king. Come with a cow, a female cow, a heifer, prepared to be a sacrifice and come to let everyone know that you come in peace. How did you come this morning? How do you go to your job? Do you come prepared to worship God? Do you come prepared in peace? Do you come prepared to give him glory? But if you see the preparation, as for look what's happening here. Look, all who has been prepared are not who he's looking for. Some of you might catch on the way home. I don't know. But I want you to grab here that Saul, Samuel showed up realizing that Saul was head and shoulders above everybody else. So he came ready to look for a king. And he said, surely this must be God's anointed. He looks good. He's tall, handsome. He looks good to go. God says to him that that's not who I have chosen. For man looks at measurements at that at height and stature and weight, but I look at the heart. So, so Samuel had already been realizing that I was looking by man's measurement somewhat to replace Saul. We need to rise in our, rise in our lives too that we oftentimes try to replace people with other people. And when you try to replace people with other people, you're still going to be in the same mess. Because you're trying to replace something that's not right with what's not right. Because <laughs> you're trying to replace something that does not meet something that's gone, that's absent, and you want to replace with something else, but it's still going to let you down because it's still to your standards and your measurements. What we need to realize is that, Lord, what have you prepared? And what do you, you have in store for me? Many times in our lives, let's think about it for a moment, that you cannot just grab any shirt and put it on. If it's not the right size, it won't fit right. Am I talking to somebody? That you got to look at the tag to make sure, for example, I, I'm, I'm wearing my suit, you're wearing your suit, your clothes, but we cannot swap and it's always going to look the same. Because what you have on is made to fit you. It's not going to fit somebody. Too many times in our lives that we see it fit on somebody else, we want to fit in and be like them. That's the sad aspect of our television, our media, our community, that people see what they think is successful. So if I wear these sunglasses, if I wear these clothes, if I get this jewelry, I drive in this car, I'm going to look good. And you're right, you might look good, but you might not be good on the inside. Hello, somebody. How to say beauty is skinny, but ugly is to the bone. So you can look as good as you want on the outside, but you showed up as tore up on the floor up on the inside. We need to realize this, that we have to realize that God is not interested how we can dress ourselves up. He's interested on what we have inside of us. And so in the process of, 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 of David is out in the field, his brothers and the town are in their presence of the Lord ready for a sacrifice. They have been prepared, but it's not in them. Everybody that's prepared to be in his presence are not the ones he's looking for because it's not in them. 
Yes, they are in his presence. Yes, they have been sanctified. Yes, they are okay to be in his presence. But they are not the one. What we have to grab here is that when we are looking for the one, when we are looking for the one, when we're looking for what God has for us, we need to not look around and see do they have it, but ask the Lord who has it. Because God is specific in his instructions and his directions. All the other sons, tall, came in. And you look at the text. Samuel is sitting down there. Jesse brings all the sons who he thinks is who Samuel is looking for. Who he thinks Samuel is looking for. Who he deemed to be important to call in to this time and have to be prepared. But something hit Samuel when God told him that I am not looking for them. I'm not looking for what's good on the outside, but I'm looking for what's good on the inside. Something hit Samuel and says, do you have another? And then it came to Jesse's mind, but yeah, I got, a, I got, a, <laughs> yeah, I got a, a, another son, but he's he a shepherd boy. He's out there in the field. You, you don't need him. Surely these are good enough. But Samuel says, I'm not going to go. I am not going to go until every son passes by. I want you to grab another aspect of this too, that God, God is patient on you. While you might be out in the field and unprepared, God is prepared (laughs) to bless you. David is out in the field with the sheep attending, and he's not prepared. He has not been sanctified. He has not been set apart in the ritual. But God did sanctify him and set him apart for his glory. Y'all catch that? You see what man did, how they were ready, so surely I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the one. But David comes and he said, he poured and says, this is the one the Lord has chosen. And poured his oil upon him and anointed him. And it says here, the spirit of the Lord fell on him. I want you to grab here that when we surrender to God, it's amazing how immediately things change in our lives. What changed in David's life? He was caught out of the field to a higher purpose. He was unprepared, but God had already prepared him. How do we know that God has already prepared him? Just a few verses later down, you see that there came a giant in the city. And David says to Saul, who he's going to replace as king, who's hiding in his tent, David tells him that as a shepherd boy, I've defeated a lion and a bear to protect the sheep. Surely God will deliver this uncircumcised Philistine into my hands. Y'all grab that. He said, from my experience as a shepherd boy has prepared me to defeat bigger things in my life. Let me know if somebody is not catching what I'm trying to tell you here is that what you are going through in your life, seeing it as small as it may be, and um, maybe you're not as prepared as you think you are, God is preparing you for greater things. You see, when you are going by man's standards, right, you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to look good enough. You're never going to be smart enough. You're never going to be attracted enough. You're never going to have enough money. But if you have Jesus, that's more than enough. Paul had a thorn in his side, and, and he wanted to remove, ask God three times, but God let him know, but my grace is sufficient. Another way to say it is more than 
enough. You, you understand that when you're chosen by God, he's going to give you everything uh, that you need. It's not a lot in our eyes, but yet it's enough in his eyes. Look at David as a young little boy, possibly a teenager, maybe not even that old yet. But God chose him, saw him to be king at that age. Look at us or where we are. Even Abraham, at 100 years old, God saw a great nation in him. <laughs> Before he was 190, God saw him a great nation with many kids. He had none. <laughs> I want you to grab here that God sees greatness in his great creation. And what he has placed in you, only he is able to get it out. But if you just trust in him, you too can have the same experience as David. Let me bring it home to you. What happened to David? He was out in the wilderness. <laughs> out with sheep and wolves and bears and lions. But he heard a call. And he came in the presence of the Lord. And the Lord anointed him. And the Spirit fell on him. And God made a promise to David that your throne, your name will forever be on the throne. Do you know who came through the lineage of David? If you go and look in the gospel, you might find some names and the name that's above every name, his name is Jesus. Jesus is from David. Let me show you something else about how David was out of the wilderness into the presence of the Lord and the Spirit fell on him. This was kind of in the reverse, but here it is anyway. Uh, Jesus went out to Egypt, came back as a child and grew up, went garden to see John the Baptist, uh, who said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Uh, John baptized him uh, in the water of Jordan. Uh, it said that when Jesus came up out of the water, he heard a voice. <laughs> he heard somebody call his name. This is my son. Uh, I am well pleased. Uh, and the Holy Spirit, uh, like a dove, fell on him. Then he went out into the wilderness. Uh, Y'all don't hear me, but he was in the wilderness for 40 days uh, and 40 nights, uh, but he came out proclaiming the name of Jesus saying, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Y'all still haven't caught on yet. Uh, let me bring it down your street. Uh, Jesus says, if you call on me, <laughs> You shall be saved. He said, I must be lifted up to draw all men uh, unto me. He says, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Hello, somebody. Did not Samuel go and choose David? Did not Samuel go and call him out? Uh, I want you to grab here something real good. That when God has chosen you and you call on the name of Jesus, you too will have the power. 
of the Holy Spirit. Uh, in the Old Testament, uh, sometimes God might have given the Spirit to some prophets and some kings, but in Acts it says, but in the new day, he'll pour out uh, his Spirit upon men and women. And old men will have this, and young men will have dreams. Uh, good God from Zion. Uh, I'm so glad. I've been chosen by God. Anybody here glad you've been chosen by God? That he sees greatness in you. And he can pull it out because uh, he put it in. Uh, and he know why he made you. He's made you for great things. And he's giving you the power of the Holy Spirit. To realize this, that you can do just like David. To look over your life and see what you've overcome. Anybody here have overcome anything in your life? Aren't you glad if he's done it before, tell you never he can do it again? <laughs> it might not have been a lion or a bear, but I've been in places uh, where I felt like the enemy was attacking me. Uh, but all I could lean on was on the Lord, uh, and he brought me out. Uh, he saved me. Uh, am I talking to somebody here this morning? Aren't you glad? That he favors us. He's chosen us. I want you to grab, look what happened. That when David received the spirit of God, it means he accepted him, but he rejected Saul. It said the spirit was removed from Saul. But look how it worked out that somebody heard of David. Not only could David be a good shepherd, but yet he could play music. And they brought him in the presence of Saul to play music to calm his spirit. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that God had use for David because I got some good words from David the songwriter. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. David had first-hand experience because I am a shepherd, but I know the great shepherd. And he so enough has provided me while, while David got to get close to Saul, Saul pushed him out. Uh, David knew what it meant to be rejected. Have people come after me, but he said, The Lord is my light <laughs> and my salvation. Uh, who shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Uh, of whom shall I be afraid of? Uh, he went down a little bit deeper and says, Though my mother and my father forsake me, the Lord uh, will take me up. Uh, do you see how when God puts something it won't just be a blessing to you but those who come after you he's been created for great things but I can't pull it out of him I can encourage you to go the right way but I can't pull it out of him but when you just trust in the Lord it's amazing how he can take you out of the wilderness into his presence into the palace I'm going to go to my seat on this one y'all should have caught that one I was a sinner. I'm just going to talk about me because I know my story real well. I was a sinner deep in sin, far away from the Lord. But he died on the cross to set me free so that I could no longer be in the wilderness but be set free. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. So no longer I'm in the wilderness, but now I'm in his presence. And I'm waiting to get into the palace. <laughs> Because he's coming back again. But while we wait, we need to serve him. Serve him until we die. And then one day we'll be through those pearly gates. Be able to be in front of his throne. Take of the tree of life. 
And we won't have to worry about pain or suffering no more. But I want you to grab and be encouraged and know that you've been chosen by God for great works. And he can do great things in you and through you. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Lord, we turn to you right now, God. Join me in prayer. Lord, I turn to you right now, God. Realize, Lord, I have been chosen for greatness. For, Lord, you have chosen us now. We ourselves. You've called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. And, Father, Lord, we surrender our lives to you. We desire for you to have your way in our lives. Lord, we say yes to your will, O God. Father, Lord, we realize, Lord, you see greatness in us. No matter how other people see us, that does not limit us because, God, you have no limits. And so, Father, Lord, we take the limits off. We remove the boundary you placed on us and say, God, you can do a city above and beyond what we can ask or think or even imagine. For the glory of your church to the riches of Jesus Christ. So, Father, Lord, have your way with us, we pray. Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus. Father, Lord, we pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and they shall be saved. And, Lord, we thank you that you'll give them the power of your Holy Spirit and you'll set them free. In Jesus' wonderful name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Maybe stand us in the hand of the disciples and say there might be someone here who does not have a church home. We welcome you here in this place.